Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear, to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients, but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories, and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the essential listening hub for entrepreneurs and business leaders, where we unpack the strategies for driving profitability and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and each episode, we delve deep into the minds of those who are reshaping the business landscape. Today, we have the privilege of welcoming a trailblazing entrepreneur and a beacon of positive change in the community, Chad Kaland. Chad is not just a remarkable entrepreneur, but a community, community advocate who believes in the power of creating a better world. As the CEO of Vecta Environmental Services, he has transformed a modest startup into a national powerhouse, revolutionizing the environmental and industrial services sector. Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate, uh, appreciate speaking with you. Great. Did I get the pronunciation of your name right, by the way? I, uh, it's close. I it's, Ka- it's Calend. Uh, Calend, like got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. <laughs> no problem. So, um, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a bit of a background on how you ended up starting your company, and um, okay. you know, from humble beginnings, I'm sure, to uh, you know, to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, just for clarification, I didn't start Vector Environmental. Vector Environmental okay. was, was was started in 2011 by Kenny Rouse, who's still the president of Vecta and active in the business. Um, but it's a good story how he started it. You know, he, okay. uh, Kenny and I worked together at a, at a different company. Um, I had left and moved to Houston. Uh, and Kenny was approached by a customer who really liked the work he was doing. Um, wasn't really impressed with the, the direction that the company was going, but really loved Kenny and the work he did uh, and encouraged Kenny at that point to go out and start his own business. Um, Nice. Kenny took a leap of faith, uh, started really on nights and weekends. We'd go out there and, and provide services for the customer. Um, and then, you know, eventually they were able to pay Kenny for the, the work he had done. And he started Vector there. And, uh, you know, he and I, he'd, he'd asked me to join him at the time. And I had just moved to Houston. And my, my wife was pregnant at the time. I had a job with benefits and all those things. And I said, man, 
you know, the idea of a startup, it sounds great. And, uh, and I need to, you know, it just the timing wasn't right. Um, but we stayed in touch and, uh, you know, 2013, a couple years in, he had, a, you know, he had a, a few employees, he had built up a little customer base and, um, and I had kind of established myself with some customers in Houston. So I reached back out and I said, look, you know, timing's better now. So I joined Kenny in 2013. Um, we had about six, seven employees at the time, handful of customers. Um, and we've just grown it since then. You know, we've, we've taken it from, you know, where it was in 2013 to now we have, you know, over 500 employees. We've got 10 wow. offices, you know, we have 10 offices throughout the Southeast United States. Um, and really, you know, been a, been a blast growing it, um, adding people that we knew in the industry, um, and, and then picking up a couple other companies along the way and adding to it. So it's been a fun trip. Um, but I certainly can't take credit for starting the company. That was all Kenny and, and, and his, no problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and his efforts, but, um, but yeah, we've been, been a fun journey. You've been at it for, you still saw, sounds like you've been at it with them for quite a while. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah 11 so, years here in a couple months would be 11. Nice. And, and we've yeah. been in the business, you know, both of us kind of came up in the industry uh, from different aspects. So what exactly does the business do? Like just at okay. a high level for the, um, uh, just so people understand uh, what yeah. your environmental services means, Absolutely. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I like to say we're kind of like preventative maintenance for the global supply chain, right? We, we provide industrial cleaning to chemical plants, refineries, um, commercial utility companies, things like that. So we go in uh, when their heat exchangers are losing efficiency, we go in and clean their heat exchangers to make sure they're running properly. Uh, if it's a, uh, if it's an oil refinery, we go in and clean their processes so they can continue to, to refine their products at a, a high level of efficiency. Um, you know, we do uh, for we, our utility companies, we help them with insulation and scaffolding services. We also, you know, dig holes for them to put up new telephone pole lines, you know. Uh, so we, okay. uh, we, so we're a support service to, to what I, like I said, you know, to, to all aspects of, the, you know, the, the global economy, really. But right. primarily focused on the East Coast. I mean, on the, on the Southeast. Uh, okay. Coast in, the, in the East, Southeast. The um, so in your experience, what are some of the key qualities that make a successful entrepreneur? You've got, definitely got some experience. So, yeah, uh, what can you share with the audience? Um, one, you know, I, I believe that the, the first thing is you have to believe in yourself. You know, you have to you have to have the confidence that you can provide a service better than someone who else. Either it's either a new service or you can do it uh, in a way that's better suited to your customer base than someone who's already providing that service. Um, so confidence is one, but you got to balance that with the humility and know that you're not going to have all the solutions. So you got to surround yourself with people who do right. Um, and that's, that's where we've been successful um, is, you know, we we've gone out and hired people. If a customer asks for a service that we don't currently provide, if it makes sense, we'll go out and find someone who's an expert in that field and we will hire that person. Right. Um, so you got to balance kind of confidence, but, but also humility. Um, yeah. you, you've got to be able to lead people, but also know when to take a backseat and let your people take the lead. So it's really, um, you know, being able to balance those, yeah. those skills. 
So the one thing I know, having started and sold a couple of companies along the way, um, it's never just an easy, just uphill no. uh, sort of uh, ramp to success. Right. So uh, can you maybe tell us about a particular challenge or decision you had to make along those years and uh, and how you approached it and maybe a lesson you have that you can share with, you know, younger folks or any other, anybody yeah. else, uh, just to make them understand that, like I said, it's not yeah. a, it's not a simple journey from zero to, to uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, total success, right? So, yeah, I, I tell that to people all the time. I mean, it would be great if everything was up and to the right, you know, yeah. if, if, if everything went up and to the right, it would be great. Um, we certainly had challenges along the way. You know, we had, uh, we took a gamble, not a gamble. We made a, one of those times when a customer was asking us to provide a service that we didn't typically perform. We went out yeah. and found, we found a team that we thought was the right team to provide that service. And, and we dove in, um, and we had some early success, you know, we, we bid some projects and we won them and we executed them and, uh, profit margins were where we wanted them to be and things were, it, it was going up and to the right. Um, and then, you know, we had a, we had a couple projects in a row where we bid it, you know, we didn't cover ourselves on the bid. Uh, we didn't put the conditions in there. Um, we didn't get the change orders when we needed to get change orders. And we ended up, you know, taking a hit on several pro projects in a row. Um, and we ended up having to shut that, that segment of our business down. Um, you know, and, and taught me a couple lessons. One is, um, you know, I, I needed to do and we needed to do a better job of, of looking at the job from different angles to make sure that we had covered ourselves for contingencies. Um, one is, you know, it's it's and then, the, you know, that, that was a big one. The second one is, you know, I think sometimes I have a tendency to 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 really put my faith in the people who work for us and then. You know, it's, it's hard once you've once I've done that to say, OK, this isn't working. Right. Yeah. No, no one went to cut bait. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we did it eventually, but we probably did it one project too late. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it certainly didn't sink the, the business. Obviously, we, we've continued to grow beyond that, but it did. It did force us to step back. Um, so yeah. in retrospect, I wish I'd have acted sooner. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Yeah. And uh, I can I can very much relate to it as well. And, um, you know, getting getting distracted. I uh, I have this this saying I call the reverse Midas touch where, you know, it's like everything you touch turns to gold. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. so I'm like everything you touched in the beginning turned to gold, but everything you touch next turns to shit, right? Which yep. is basically yep. like, just because you're an amazing, you know, uh, entrepreneur running this kind of a business doesn't mean you can just sprinkle a little bit of your magic yeah. fairy dust on a completely different market and expect that you're going to be a super success, right? You got to put right. as much heart and soul and sweat and tears into everything. And, you know, you can't be in two places at one time, right? Yeah. So just be careful about, uh, yeah, about spreading yourself too thin and, uh, you know, and um, and sometimes, you know, uh, the stories about, you know, uh, getting distracted from your core and whatever. It's pretty common, you know, and uh, but it sounds like you sounds like you navigated it well. Right. And um, we, we did. I think another lesson to this and, and you know, it's, it's important as you kind of scale on a business is to to know that what worked for you in this aspect of your business might not work for you in this. Right. Um, just even if it's if it's an associated service line. You might have to do things a little bit differently to make this this aspect of your business 
um, successful. And I think there is a, there is kind of the, the, the curse of success is because it worked for me this time, you'd think it should work for you every time. Yeah. Uh, you get stuck in your ways and you don't realize that, you know, you might have to adjust, you might have to pivot to be successful in this other endeavor. So yes, exactly. You know, yeah. evaluate each opportunity on its own merits rather than thinking this is going to work for me because it worked for me before. Right. So uh, how do you guys balance profit making with social responsibility? I'm sure in your business model, it comes up a lot in being environmental right. and, you know, must, yeah. 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 I mean, fortunately for us, you know, a, a lot of times when we're helping our customers be more uh, environmentally sound and, and reduce their chemical, their carbon footprint, um, there's, there's profit in it for us. I mean, that's kind of what they pay us to do. Um, right. That's one of the things that they pay us to do. Um, internally, it's always a balance, right? I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the reason we're in business obviously is, is to make money It's you know, um, and there is a social responsibility, um, that we feel, you know, we, we, our employees live in the communities where our offices are located. Um, you know, we, our customers are, you know, it, a lot of times they're not too far from, you know, the big customer base of ours is in Houston, right? And it's yeah. huge population. And um, we owe it to the community to make sure that we're leaving, you know, we try to leave every site we go on cleaner than when we showed up. And that's what, that's what they bring us in. So um, that's kind of what we do. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of built into the nature of the business. Um, so for us, it's really not about balance. It's, it's kind of part of our core values. Right. How do you, how do you uh, foster positive company culture and values at, at uh, Vecta? Like what's your, what's you your know, approach? Part of it is, I, I think one of the benefits that we have is our entire leadership team grew up in the industry, right? Whether it's, you know, it's me and coming up in the environmental side or Kennedy, the industrial side or our VP of operations, followed his dad into the business. So what we have is we, we are well connected with the people who are out going to work on a day-to-day -day basis. We know what their struggles are. We can identify with what they go through on a daily basis. And because of that, um, you know, we, we try to nurture them in every aspect of the business, right? So I think that helps that we're relatable. Uh, we understand yeah. what our employees go through. Um, Another one is is we just try to stay involved in, in their business. We try to know them as people. Um, we try to create situations where we can get together outside of work um, and, and interact. And, and as we scale, it's harder. You know, like I said, we have 500 employees now kind of stretched out across the Southeast. It's harder to know everyone by name. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it still matters when when I show up or Kenny shows up or, or CFO Selena shows up or whoever that we walk around the office and we say hello to everybody and we ask them how they're doing. And, um, yeah. you know, you can, you can maintain a lot of culture by just walking around the office and talking to people and, and not necessarily talking about what they're working on today, but talking to them about, you know, their, their daughter's cheer camp or what they did this weekend or anything, you know, yeah. so it's just, exactly. I think it, it's, it's done Glenn just quite honestly by treating people like people. Yeah, for sure. I saw in some of the readings I did about you, uh, some projects, which I uh, wasn't sure exactly what they were, but yeah. um, the second story project, the mankind yeah. project. I mean, what, yeah. what are these and how have they shape, shaped your approach to business okay. and leadership? 
Yeah, so the Mankind Project is it's a global nonprofit. It's really uh, it's a men's organization and it's really centered on uh, personal growth, right? Like how do I show up in the world? How do I want to show up versus how I really show up and, and what's holding me back from bridging that gap, right? Yeah. Um, and the values of that and accountability um, in all aspects of your behavior, owning, owning the consequences of your actions, I think is, you know, it's vital if you're in a leadership position in business to, to have those values, right? To, to be accountable yeah. for your actions, know that every decision you make isn't always going to work out 100%, but you're still accountable for those, those decisions and the consequences of them. Um, and the uh, Second Story Project is a nonprofit I started with, uh, with a, someone I met through the Mankind Project. And it's really about helping organizations create more inclusive uh, cultures of inclusion, right? Uh, it came about really in the wake of the George Floyd murder. Uh, there's another organization I work with called the Center for the Healing of Racism. Uh, and I reached out to my friend Ernest. Ernest is a black man in Houston. He's a therapist. Uh, and I, you know, I said, look, Ernest, I, I see this division, right? Everyone's kind of bunkered, they're hunkered down on their side and no one's really yeah. calling. I said, you know, I'd like to put something together where we can create a workshop where we move people to action, right? And he said, let's do something bigger. Uh, and from there, we just started talking and kind of, you know, what keeps people apart and what, why do people get so caught up in their own story that they're not willing to listen to someone else's? And what we really came down to is, 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 we don't listen, right? I, I have my story about the way life should be and you have your story about the way life should be. And we're not, we're talking at each other, not to each other, right? So what we try to do is create a, 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 an atmosphere, a container where you can hear my story and I can hear yours. And even though we might not agree, from that place, we can co-create our own second story, right? We can find common ground to create a, a story where we can both thrive and prosper. So that's what the second story is really. Nice. About. Wow. How do you stay motivated and maintain your passion for business and community ad community advocacy and all that? Yeah. So. Uh, it, you know, I think part of it is just, you know, the neighborhood I grew up, I grew up in a, a really diverse neighborhood. My, our house was kind of the, the gathering place. Um, so it's, it's been instilled in me from my, my first days, the value of, the, the value and the beauty of every human being, right? And, and just because we don't agree on politics or we might not agree on this issue or that, um, we still respect each other's humanity and and, can, and, and value each other's opinions, right? So the part yeah. of it is kind of core to who I am. Um, right. And part of it is, you know, I have a 12-year-old daughter and I want her to grow up in a world that's a little kinder and gentler than the one I grew up in, you know? And, yeah. Um, if I can do it and, and I want her to, to have these same set of values. So uh, if I expect her to, or if I want her to have these values, then I have to live them, right? She has to see me live in those values. And, uh, and, you know, my employee base is, is 70% people of color, right? They have to know that I have their back and, and all that motivates me and it all kind yeah. of ties together. For sure. Can you share some insights how entrepreneurs can effectively contribute to community and social causes, how to get started or? You um, know? Well, for, first of all, I do think it has to be true to the person, right? I, I don't think, you yeah. can, I, don't, I don't think you can fake it. I think, you know, I think we have seen um, 
in, in recent history, we've seen companies try to fake and I don't think it goes well. I think it's, it's obvious when, when you fake it. Uh, so I think really the key is finding, finding a cause that aligns with your personal values um, yeah. is, the, is the most important aspect of it. And then it's easy, right? Because then you're buying into something that you already believe in. Um, and, you know, if it's it, what a company can do, what a leader in a company can do is encourage his empo- her employees to go find those causes and bring them to them. Um, and then, you know, support your employees in the, in the causes that they think are important. Uh, because then you can really, really multiply the force. You know, if, if your employees are, if you're investing in the things that are important to your employees, they're going to buy into you as a leader. Yeah. And they're going to know that you have their back, you know, going forward. Yeah. That's a good one. With a company that's grown so large, up to 500 people, I mean, how do you guys, uh, you and Kenny, manage the risk and uncertainty in your business? Do you have any approaches you take or any guardrails you put up? Or it, well, One of the things that we've we've tried to do building it out is, you know, we try to create, a, a you know, a portfolio of services that we're, we're not so reliant on one industry, right? Our, our customer yeah. is kind of spread out. So, you know, we, we don't, we service a lot of oil and gas customers, but because we've built out the other side of our business, if oil and gas is down, we're not we're not suffering, right? Um, we've tried to schedule it so we understand there are business cycles through the year. Um, some of our some of our customers have plant maintenance shutdowns that are in the fall and the spring, um, and in the summer there's not as much work, so we we have service lines that are slower in the winter and in the winter and busier in the summer. So we try to balance it. So, you know, when we know one aspect of our business is going to be down, another one's going to be up. Um, yeah. We really try to level out the the highs and lows of the business is probably the most important. And then, you know, there are things that, that you just can't really plan against. And those are, you know, we were fortunate through COVID um, even, you know, we, we were able to grow even through COVID because all of our work is outside. And when, when you know when you couldn't yeah, right. yeah. still be done outside. So, yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah, but it is a uh, it is a challenge, and 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 yeah. knowing that um, you know you can only do so much in in, in, re- in reducing risk, and you try to act yeah. small and build a business that's that's resilient, not uh, immune. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's probably hard to pick, but what's your most rewarding moment as the CEO of Vecta Environmental Services? Yeah, it's it's happened a couple of times, man. It's um, I, I've had employees, you know, just on a weekend FaceTime me and they show me the new house they bought. Right? They're like, oh, this, yeah. without without Vecta, this wouldn't have happened. You know? Yeah. Um, things like that. When you when you know you're making an impact on someone's life or you're helping them create a better life for themselves and their families. Um, there is, I get chills talking about it. There's, there's yeah. nothing that comes close to, to watching the people that, that go out and represent your company every day thrive. It's just, uh, it's, it makes it all worth it. Yeah, definitely. Well, your leadership really does shine through in your approach and it's very genuine. You can tell you really live in, the, you're walking the walk and talking the talk, right? And how do you approach mentorship uh, like with with the, your staff members? And yeah. Uh, yeah, how do you do, how do you do that? So, I, you know, I think it, it, on my 
LinkedIn page, I think you can see that mentorships. I'm a big fan of mentorship and coaching. I think it's it's critical for someone anywhere you are on the journey. I think you know whether you're an entrepreneur who's built a hundred million dollar year business to you're someone trying to come up in the business. I think mentors and coaches are invaluable. Um, so what I do is, you know, I kind of have an open door policy. If I, I let my employees know what I'm about, they, they you know, I'm, a, I'm an open book. And if they ask for my mentorship, I provide it. You know, I, I, I never yeah. say no. Um, I never say no. And if we get to get working together and it's not working out and I'm not the right one for them, I'll try to find one for them. Um, but I think, you know, my, my view on mentorship is you should have more than one. Um, yeah, me too. Because because no one's strong in everything, right? Um, yeah. I have a, a mentor, you know, Ernest, who's my partner in Second Story Project. He's my partner in that in that aspect of my life, but he's my mentor in other aspects, you know. And um, yeah. And and I have mentors from different walks of life because they see things from different perspectives, and I think it's that's the most important part about mentorship. Yeah, cool. What are what are some exciting trends you see coming or innovations in in your industry coming along that would interest yeah. people? Yeah, I'm sure there must be a lot, but uh, yeah, there, it, you know, I think in every industry, technology, right, and yeah, and artificial intelligence. We, you know, yeah, hydroblast. It used to be, you know, a guy out there on the end of a twenty thousand psi wand, and you know, it's, it's all hands on work, right? Um, and the trend now is we're going to, you know, it's automated equipment with someone running a joystick that's cleaning the exchanges. And now they have equipment that's coming out that in the process of doing the cleaning, it's giving real time feedback on the efficiencies of the exchanger and, and uh, you know, just kind of the efficiencies of the cleaning and how it can get faster and better. Um Technology is, is is moving this thing forward. The downside is it it may require less people to do the work, so there's an impact yeah. workforce, uh, right? But it is safer. It's more efficient. Um, you know, it's more uh, it's more consistent. It's not you know it's less dependent on the 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 person on the wand. You know, you can it's really dependent on the equipment. But technology is is changing our industry. You know, almost faster. Yeah. Um, so I love to ask this question pretty much of everyone or all the entrepreneurs. So try to think back to, I guess it was 2013. Yep. Um, sounds like you quit your job or to, to uh, go in yeah. business with, uh, with Kenny or whatever. So what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs going from nine to five to, yep. you know, I'm sure you've got a basket of, uh, of tips. So yeah. just uh, share some of your top tips for aspiring entrepreneurs. I would I would definitely say don't do it if you think it's going to be less work because <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> not less work. Uh, That's super funny. It is. Uh, yeah. It is. You know. It. it yeah. It, you're going from a nine to five, from a five a.m. to nine p.m. Nine p.m. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're changing your schedule, but not the way you yeah. like it. Um, That's so funny. But it's. Yeah. But I would say I would say do it. You know, I would I would encourage yeah. everyone to, to bet on themselves. And I don't necessarily yeah. mean just in entrepreneurship. I mean, you know, apply for a job that you think you might not have all the qualifications for, right? Talk yeah. to your boss when you think you you want to try something, a new aspect, or you want to grow as an employee. Always be willing to bet on yourself. Um, yeah. Because you know, 
I'm a firm believer in, in helping people, but I tell everyone I'm going to be second in line, right? I got to see you helping yourself first. Um, so bet on yourself and then other people will bet on you too. You know, they're, yeah. they're more to get behind you when they see you betting on yourself. Yeah. The, um, the thing I always see so many, uh, you know, budding entrepreneurs call them, uh, you know, is that sort of failure to you know, take that first step. Right. Yeah. And I just say, it's look, that, that's, that's the only step you got to take. Like, yeah, just take scary, the first step. Cause yeah. once you take it, I mean, you're, you know, your fear of taking the step, that's one thing, but once you've taken it, your fear of failure will, will guide you the rest of the way. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you only have to take right. the first step one time. Right. And, yeah. uh, and then you'll be busy working five to nine, like you said. So, exactly. uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's so, funny. I was, so it, it does bring me back. So the converse, I remember the conversation I had with Kenny where I finally decided I'm going to join, join him at Vecta. I had people over my house. It was a weekend. And I had people over my house who were boiling crawfish, right? Um, and I went outside. And I, was, I was telling the people, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And my, my neighbor looked at me and she said, why would you do that? Like, why would you leave <laughs> That's yeah. you know that's comfortable and that yeah. sticks with me. Like her question was right. She, she just couldn't fathom why you would give up the security yeah. of this to to make yeah. this leap. But it is once you make that leap, um, you're it's up to you to, to you're all in at that point. Yeah, but yeah, and it, it is a it's a terrific motivator. It is for sure. Yeah. Um, so as we wind down, what would you like to share with the audience about your contact, about the uh, you know the Mankind Project or Second Story Project or your business yeah. or your uh, contact information? Please share whatever you'd like. And yeah, yeah. The, so you know if if you happen to be listening to this and, and you are in the industrial service industry, check out BechtaEnvironmental.com. It kind of tells you about the company. Um, I can be found most easily on LinkedIn. Just yeah. Chad Callen. There aren't there aren't a whole lot of Chad Callens out there, so I'm not hard to find. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, reach out to me there for more information on Mankind Project, which is again, it's a men's organization, but I it, I there's a place for every man in that organization. Um, and then Second Story Project, I'd be love, I'd be happy to share with you um, more information about what what Ernest and I and our team are doing there. Um, but it'd be, you know, just be more of a conversation there. So, you know, yeah. just find, me on, find me on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to answer any questions about any of those organizations. That's amazing. Well, thank you. It's been, uh, it's been great having you on the Profit Powerhouse today. It's been a great story. I'll definitely be connecting with you myself and I'd like to learn about the Mankind Project myself. So um, yeah, to our awesome. listeners, please, please check out uh, Chad's website and uh, his LinkedIn. And uh, thanks again, Chad. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it. tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the be a guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button, and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media and continue the conversation and stay inspired. 
for resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast where your success story begins.